or sorry, the podcast that we've taken on to Facebook Live during coronavirus. So you get to see everybody's beautiful faces, or at least all of the guests, not mine. Uh, joining us today, not just a pretty face, Rob Agrusa of the Apopka Area Chamber of Commerce. We're going to learn some really interesting stuff from Rob as to what's going on and how Chambers of Commerce can help you grow your business and what they have going on. But before that, I'm going to plug a couple things. Uh, as you know, we've been plugging the YouTube channel all week. So if you are listening to this and enjoying the videos, go ahead and subscribe to our YouTube channel. We have some videos that will only go up there. We've got some that will go up in both places, but a good way to stay in touch. And then later today, we'll be dropping the schedule for next week. We have some really awesome speakers uh, as well as at 3 o'clock today, Mark and I will be coming back on for Good News Florida where we end the week with five or so stories of positivity. So with that, Rob, my friend, thank you so much for being here. Well, hey, thank you very much, Jordan. I appreciate you giving me the opportunity to, to come on today on this Friday afternoon. Now it's a little uh, cloudy outside, <clears throat> and uh, so hopefully we'll be turning around and have some sun here later this weekend, and some folks can hopefully enjoy a little bit of some sunlight over the weekend. Yeah, I will say my uh, my lawn could use the rain, which my phone keeps telling me. I always love when the weather app is like, there's a hundred percent chance of rain, and it's not raining, and I'm like, then there's not a hundred percent chance of rain. But sure, it, <laughs> we woke up to the rain this morning, and it's been raining pretty hard on and off. And uh, oh, see, but, I, but I've, gotten, I've gotten none my way. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, it's all good. So I want to um, I want to hear a little bit more about you, but before that, if we got people who know that they're in Apopka or the Apopka area interested in the Chamber of Commerce, we've got the website dropped here, apopkachamber.org, but what other contact information should they keep? Absolutely. Well, uh, so the Apopka area Chamber of Commerce, uh, we've been around for just over 100 years, um, and we represent the greater Apopka area. And to really kind of put that in context, um, you think of uh, our county and, and Orange County kind of stretches out, um, you know, north, south, east, and west. And we're really in the northwest quadrant. Um, so everywhere just north of Winter Garden and Ocoee communities. Um, so if you pass through the Lockhart communities and as you go up to Apopka, pass through Apopka and uh, encompassing uh, Zellwood and the Tangerine areas. And then you go east um, into uh, Seminole County. And we really touch into the areas kind of on the western side of Altamont Springs and Longwood. Um, uh, so basically kind of I-4 uh, west is kind of that that. Um, sandbox is really kind of where we uh, and our, our footprint is. And we work with businesses, with community leaders, our government partners, um, on all kind of collaborating together um, on how we support our local community and our local economy. Um, obviously, right now, it's been a little bit of an interesting time and a challenging time for many of our businesses um, across the communities. I mean, obviously, COVID-19 has changed the game to all of our businesses. You and I are talking from our homes here um, you know, via, uh, through this video chat program and Facebook live. But, you know, the reality is we probably weren't going to be doing this, um, as frequently or as often, um, had COVID-19 not come, uh, not come here. So it's changed all of our businesses. It's changed, uh, the way that we do business, uh, and our, um, and the way our local economy runs. Um, many businesses obviously are closed, uh, currently, um, you know, obviously we'll be looking, um, down the road when, the governor decides uh, to reopen Florida. Of course, we're still in the stay at home uh, through next Thursday, um, but we don't know what's going to happen May 1st or beyond. So it could be extended. Um, you know, there could be some additional restrictions there for certain types of businesses. Um, so there's a lot of things unknown. But back to your question about, you know, connecting with us. I mean, our best way to connect us is through 
uh, through our website, which has uh, many diverse options. Also through our Facebook page. Um, we're incredibly active on our Facebook page um, about keeping our community and all of our uh, residents up to date about what's going on uh, in the community, uh, whether it's COVID-19 or just overall in general, um, uh, ways to access information. Um, that's one of the key components that I've always known um, about being in the chamber world. And, and while I've only been in it for the last five years or just over five years, um, that it's all about uh, transparency, um, honesty, and, and, and being able to provide um, information that is um, reliable. And, and so I feel like we've been very forthcoming on a lot of information from um, assistance programs in the last several weeks to access to our elected officials and healthcare partners um, and to really connect all the different businesses in the community um, as we all are going through this challenging time together. Uh, and that includes our nonprofit sector. So, um, so that's what I would say. So yeah, definitely our website and our social media pages would be the two best ways to, to connect with us. So, and I want to get into a little bit more detail on some of the stuff y'all have been doing, because I think you guys have done a great job. But before that, tell me a little bit more about you and your, and your background. I know you've got a really interesting perspective that you bring to a lot of this. Well, I, uh, yeah, it's been an interesting uh, road uh, to get to where I am today. But uh, you know, kind of in a nutshell, uh, for, for many years, uh, I worked in state government. And uh, so I worked for the Florida legislature uh, for, for several years um, outside of my, my college career. Um, enjoyed it. Uh, really loved uh, working for the Florida legislative process. Um, from there, I went into political campaigns and uh, worked for uh, a gentleman named Andy Gardner, uh, actually here in Central Florida. So I landed here in Central Florida uh, in 2011, and, uh, and I successfully was working with Andy for several years, uh, for about five years. Uh, he went on to become Senate President for the state of Florida uh, in 2014, uh, end of 2014, beginning of 2015. Uh, and at that point, uh, I was uh, recruited to come and work for the Orlando Regional Chamber of Commerce. Um, and so I ran an organization called Business Force, uh, which was their political action arm. Um, and so worked for them for the next uh, just over two years. And then in 2017, uh, in September 2017, uh, I had the opportunity to lead the Apothecary Chamber of Commerce. And so I've been there for, yeah, almost uh, be going on three years this fall, which is hard to believe. It's been an, it's been an incredible ride over the last several years. Um, thought I'd seen it all over the last uh, few years and the challenges that we faced. And this is obviously something a little bit different. Um, but again, we're, we're all trying to work together uh, for the common good of trying to keep our community safe, but also help support our local economy to make sure that it continues running and moving forward. That's funny. When you said it had been three years, I had the same thought that you had. I was like, oh, my God, I can't believe Rob's been up there for three years already. <laughs> yeah. um, and, you know, I, just to give Rob a little bit more credit. So the Business Force thing, I mean, obviously, one of the big things from Business Force that I think is awesome is PLI, the Political Leader, Leadership Institute that they put on. I know you ran that for a couple of years. Mm -hmm. um, can you talk to us about that program a little bit? Sure. Yeah. And the program is still alive and well. Um, and so, yeah, that program uh, was created, um, I believe, in the early 2000s um, was kind of when it initially launched off. And what the intent was is to try to find individuals in the community, business and community leaders who were interested in running for office at some point, but didn't know what it, what it took, you know, didn't understand the process, didn't understand what you needed to do in order to be successful, um, didn't understand what it would take once you were elected into that position, you know, what be, would be your responsibilities and what are you required to do. So really the program uh, really uh, found leaders from the different communities and it really stretched across the seven county region. Um, so it wasn't just Orange County, they were stretching all across Central Florida um, and, uh, and finding those individuals and on an annual basis, um, walking them through a program 
uh, that they would learn from kind of start to finish uh, what it would take uh, to be an, an elected official and or first of all to run for office and then of course to be an, a successfully elected official. And so um, I actually was a graduate of the program several years before I actually ended up going to business force um, from, from my days in the Florida legislature. And so it was kind of a full circle with it when in 2015, when I was able to lead the program for the next two years. Uh, and it was really cool to see uh, several of our folks and our graduates end up going on to, to win elected office um, in the subsequent years in 2016 in particular. Um, and then even in 2018, some of the graduates are from the period that I was there uh, and led the program uh, went on to, to win their respective offices uh, for various um, uh, school board races in particular. There were a couple of, in fact, our, our current school board member that represents the Apopka area, Melissa Bird, uh, had gone through the program the last year in 2017 went that I, I oversaw it before I came over to the Apopka area chamber. So it's been really cool to be able to see um, others, you know, be very successful and be pro-business leaders uh, in our local government, because that's really important to, to understand the business aspects of it, but then also to understand, you know, how do you be successful? So um, it's a good mirroring of bringing in with the chamber together. Um, now it, it is uh, organized by the Orlando Economic Partnership, uh, which is the, uh, under the new merger that happened between the Economic Development Council um, or the EDC and the Orlando Regional Chamber. They came together um, and created a new organization uh, in 2017. And, and that's now that's running the business, or not business force, but they're running the, uh, the PLI program. So it's been uh, really exciting to be able to see that continue on. And I'm hopeful that some other uh, folks that graduate in the program this year um, or thereafter, you know, continue to go on to public service. Yeah, no, uh, my wife did the program that year with um, with Melissa. And then we have another another former graduate, Judge Denise Beamer, who just did not have opposition as of uh, like an hour ago today. So awesome. a campaign, awesome. a campaign that need not be run <laughs> due to a lot of the wonderful things taught to everybody in PLI. So, yeah, I mean, I think you hit the nail on the head. Like, I just I love the way that you're taking, you know, actually having work in the legislature on on campaigns, combining it with the understanding of running the political process, combining it with the interest of the business stuff and kind of putting all that together for the Apopka Chamber. I mean, I think that gives you a, a nice varied viewpoints of it to provide some great opportunities to a lot of the members. Well, and that's true. And that, I think that's one of the, the biggest um, assets that I had brought to this organization um, was that political background, understanding the process. I mean, one of the major components of a chamber and one of the main functions of a chamber is advocacy. Um, you know, being able to stand up for the community in times of need um, or, you know, when you need to stand up either strong for something or even sometimes against something. Um, that's where the business community and the chamber can be super effective because it is that connective point between your governmental partners, your nonprofit or independent sectors, and of course your private sector. So um, that, that's that connecting point. And so if you can work together um, and, and be able to, uh, to effectively advocate, um, then you really can achieve some great things. And one of the things that I'll say I'm, I'm very proud of um, recently, and, and I know, you know the struggles have been real for our community, but the advocacy that we've seen in our chamber and many other chambers across America, as far as getting these dollars directly to the small businesses um, for the PPP loans um, and the EIDL loans, um, you know, the first round of funding, we all worked incredibly hard to get that fund together. And you saw how, how popular and how much needed there was in the communities um, that it was gone in just a few days um, after that $350 billion um, fund. And plus all the EIDL loans um, and those grants that were being offered. So now we are uh, happy and pleased to see that last night, you know, the, the U.S. House finally took uh, action 
and did approve and it has been signed now into law. So this now additional $310 billion will now be infused um, into um, the PPP to me loan uh, programs so folks can then reapply uh, for, for funding um, to help them keep their employees uh, during this challenging time. And keeping payroll is honestly still the most important issue that we've been seeing um, and the trends. You know, we've been polling uh, our members since uh, this whole uh, crisis started about four weeks ago, five weeks ago. Um, and so I have some data to kind of see it from the beginning to where we are today. And in the latest data today, is showing that you know the folks that that had a lot of cash flow that were showing over 13 weeks is not existent anymore. Um, now we're showing the average cash flow at this point um, is about five to eight weeks, which is really scary. Um, that's within the next month to two months, um, and and overwhelming. The number one issue that we see uh, facing a lot of our employers is the payroll. You know, rents are being able to be worked with some certain landlords. Um, you know, sometimes there's insurance issues. Sometimes there's other various business issues that people are facing, but most times you can kind of negotiate and work those down. It's, it's really hard on, on the payroll side of things. It's not, you're not going to try, you don't want to reduce someone's pay. You don't want to eliminate them from the positions, but that's sort of the only options that you have on the table right now. And so that's why the, the infusion of the, of the PPP program and the EIDL loans, we are hopeful that that is going to be able to hold the line um, until we can get to a point where we can safely reopen uh, parts of our economy and understanding that this is honestly going to be the new norm that we're going to be. We asked real customers what they really feasible future. You know, sadly, this virus isn't going to go away. Um, you know, I know that we've been watching a lot of our healthcare experts talk about the next round that might come in the fall. And so I'm trying to get our businesses to kind of recognize that this they're going to have to deal with this for the long haul. So how do you build your business to be able to weather that storm? Um, you know, whether it's this through the rest of 2020 into 2021 and who knows if there's another virus that comes by or another you know unfortunately another natural disaster or something like that you know we're just trying to position our businesses to say now's the time to start thinking long term start to prepare yourself to be able to handle this and anything else uh, any other adversity that you may have down the road but we are here to assist and we're here to help you know and to, to fight for them along the way so and i think you know part of that you answered one of the follow-up questions i wanted i wanted to touch on but basically i mean i love that you guys you're really getting the issues from your members from, you know, to help them understand to, for you to understand what their needs are for you to provide them with, you know, some answers. I mean, obviously, you know, you've had some experts like Blair and I on to talk about some of those things, but <laughs> also the, uh, no, but in all seriousness, you know, I know the Popka mayor, um, you've had some people in healthcare on, I mean, you guys have really done a really good job putting together sort of an emergency zoom course or uh, a <laughs> panel type thing for people. Well, and I, and I appreciate that. And that's, that's exactly right is, is, is try to bring in some of those other key experts. You know, we're not an expert uh, in, in every field. And so we try to find those right people that are those experts to come in and, and educate um, not only ourselves, but to educate the rest of the community. Um, and so, yeah, it's an access point that we are able to provide and, you know, everything's changing. You know, one thing I'll say is, you know, uh, chambers over the course of their entire existence, um, you know, have been focal points of many different communities and they've been the centerpiece, the buildings, you know, the infrastructure behind it has always been about, you know, people showing up at the chamber and getting information and getting connected with people. Well, here's what's changed everything. The phone and our computers and all the technology that we have today, you know, a lot of this information can be acquired through technology, through, you know, online sources and so forth. So the traditional model of a chamber of having to show up to a building to get a list of members or to get a list of, of, of respectable businesses in the community, you don't need to do that anymore. So now, you, 
So chambers have had to already adjust over the last several years, but then yes, in the last 30 days, all of us have also have, have had to move to, you know, Zoom type calls um, because we now can't host, you know, big community events. We can't bring people together um, due to the health concerns that are behind that. So, you know, we're having to all adjust. We're having to change. Our members are also having to adjust to it too. You know, they're not used to going on and, and having to talk to each other uh, through a computer or through a phone. Um, but, you know, now everyone is, is learning to do so. So, yeah, I mean, that's, you know, I think we'll see a, a lot of good come out of this. And obviously we're going to have to go through it probably getting even worse than it is right now for that. But I think one of the biggest things is, you know, there are so many different professions, industries, areas that have had, that have been forced to become so much more tech savvy. You know, I think mm -hmm. the court system being one of the top ones, just the ability to have Zoom meetings, phone in meetings, you know, mm -hmm. virtual things. Um, those have been huge. So from y'all's perspective, I mean, I know that you've done a, you guys have had to do that job and help your, you know, help your members get on those zoom calls. Um, what are you guys planning on keeping those things when we get back from this? Are you going to still do some more virtual stuff or? Yeah, I think, uh, well, I, I believe that for the foreseeable future, I think we're going to be continuing to do virtual, um, for the time being. Um, I think there'll be a point where we're going to have to strongly consider, you know, our long-term, um, how do we become a, a how do we continue to be a good community partner um, with with the understanding the the health crisis that's still at hand? So, um, you know, does that mean that we end up having you know big large crowds at, at certain events like our Taste of Apopka, um, or we've done a political hobnob you know in election season or election year, and we were planning to do one this summer? Those things are still kind of in flux right now because we don't really know what the future totally looks like. We're trying to plan. Um, kind of for two different scenarios. One where we feel like we may not be able to gather, you know, large groups of people for the remainder of this year and maybe into next year. There's another contingency plan that might be maybe we can get smaller um, activities together with people or more um, scheduled opportunities, um, you know, with different types of people uh, to be maintained below a certain capacity or something like that. So, you know, we're all kind of adjusting to the new norm, but I do think technology is going to help us. I think that, you know, continuing on with um, with programs like this, with, you know, Facebook Live, connecting with people um, who are sitting at their homes or at their desks, um, you know, wherever they may be, um, to be able to kind of get that access um, immediately is, is really crucial and important. So, um, so certainly we're going to be continuing um, to look at all different avenues, but you know, absolutely. I, I think uh, there's a layer to be done no matter what happens in the, in the short and long term that technology and, and, and this type of programming is going to continue in some capacity. You know, what it ultimately looks like, I don't know completely, but it'll be something for sure. Yeah, I'm on the board for uh, Big Brothers, Big Sisters of Central Florida. We had to take our gala virtual, uh, I guess, last Saturday. And uh -huh. so, you know, we were talking about it. And obviously, thank God our sponsors, you know, Publix and them were so cool about it great. Here's all the digital stuff we have run, whatever you want. It's fine. No big deal. We understand what's going on, but it was crazy to me to see like how many, you know, families of littles were able to join that may not have been able to pay $200 to go to the gala, but could jump on Facebook live and see the story, see the bigs of the year here from uh, Amy Caulfield and, um, and Pat, uh, with the magic. Oh my God. I'm blanking on his name. Pat Williams. Oh, Pat he's, only Williams. The, okay. he's only, he's only in the yeah. basketball hall of fame, you know, whatever. No big <laughs> yeah. Deal. Um, and so it was just so crazy to see how many people that, you know, wouldn't be able to spend that money. So I'm, I'm interested, you know, we're going to have elections, we're going to have political season. If we take a lot of these hobnobs virtual, I'm, I'm curious to see how many more voters that, you know, maybe work in two jobs or may not be able to take the time or put the money in to go to a lot of these hobnobs 
might actually be the most informed they've ever been by by being able to see some virtual panels or listen to some of the things afterwards. You're you're absolutely right, and I don't want to I don't want to speak for uh, for our supervisor of elections for Orange County, but uh, I've had some conversations with him uh, at length about you know what what these hobnobs might look like, what even the election season is going to look like. You know, I mean, I think that's part of the question, and I know there's been a lot of conversations about that. The one thing I'll say about Florida is that it has moved. Um, a lot of folks are now moving towards the vote, you know, vote free by mail um, option or, or absentee voting is what we used to call it, uh, but now it's vote by mail. And so, um, you know, the trends have already moved that direction. People are already starting to utilize it. And the second factor is a lot of people are already utilizing early voting. So the question then remains, do you, do you just continue to push early voting so that way folks aren't all showing up on election day and crowding the polls, but you encourage them to kind of come in staggered stages weeks leading up to the election? But in order to do that, you know, to be able to vote, you got to be educated about the candidates. And so you need to have some type of forum that then educates the community, especially if the candidates aren't walking door to door. I mean, I've heard from many candidates uh, all across uh, the region that, you know, have pretty much shut down a lot of their political op- operations. You know, they're not fundraising. They're not knocking on doors, um, which you would traditionally do in a campaign. So if you're not doing those things, how do you connect with your voters? Um, yes, you can do it through mail. And yes, you can do it through some digital advertising. But there's not a human interaction that happens there, um, right? You know, so over the years of just being involved in, in so many different successful campaigns, you know, when you have that human interaction, that voter is more than likely going to vote for you. Uh, when you have that connection, and they can understand that you feel their pain, you feel that their what their concerns are. So you're right. I, I think there is going to be a, a a push to potentially do some of this digital um, uh, or virtual uh, hobnobbing um, that we might do with our candidates. Um, you know, after this week, we, which we both know today is the end of the qualifying for those federal races and for judges. Um, and judges is a really challenging spot for a lot of our judges because, um, you know, they can't campaign like a traditional uh, someone who is running for like a state house or, or a county seat um, right. uh, or a city seat even. You know, there, there's different rules and regulations and how a judge runs. So they rely on having that opportunity like hobnobs and other community type events to traditionally um, talk to the voters. So, you know, we're going to have a good indica- indication as to when qualifying uh, is concluded today as to how that makeup might look like, you know, for some of those types of candidates. Um, and then our, our state and our other county uh, folks are going to be um, qualifying in early June. And so really we're going to know by, uh, by, by then, you know, what, what July is going to look like and, and, and so forth. So yeah, we're going to be doing something creative. We've got a lot of ideas on the table, but, we're going to kind of see what the candidates are even willing to accept and what they're willing to do. And are they adjustable? And, and is it, you know, some candidates might be better suited for some of that versus others. And so we're going to kind of test the waters a little bit. So I look forward to chatting with all of those, those folks running for office here in the new future. I'm going to, I'm going to be really excited to do a uh, survey monkey ballot for those hobnobs as opposed to having to do the official one and running it through the machines <laughs> and all that. Like we, uh, like they get set up. So yeah, yeah you know, it's, it's interesting. I, you know, um, I think that we're going to see so many differences and then a lot of them I think are going to be things that we keep or at least ideas that we work off of. And obviously, I mean, with the election, this is going to be crazy because I remember, you know, mm-hmm. two years ago doing early voting, supporting a candidate at the LFA library and it was swamped for early voting. Mm-hmm. I mean, every day, mm-hmm. just totally swamped, mm-hmm. which was awesome because we yeah. had, you know, record number of voters showing up to get all those things done. So I'm just, I'm hoping that we'll be able to keep that swell and keep people voting in some manner because obviously, you know, I think I think we all want as many informed voters as possible to be voting as opposed to seeing like a 30 percent voter turnout or something. 
I agree. I agree with you. And, and, you know, the other important component that we're not even talking about really is the census, you know, the census that started uh, at the beginning of the year. And of course we were asking all of, of our citizens and all across, you know, Florida, particularly because we know that Florida is now the third most populous state in the entire country. And we want to make sure that we have an adequate representation, um, not only uh, in Washington, but also in the dollars, the federal dollars, the percentage of dollars that we receive back um, to the state, you know, for various product, uh, for services that we provide to our community, you know, for better roads and transportation infrastructure and so forth. And so, but, you know, now that everyone, um, now that this has all changed things too, it, my, my question is, I hopeful that we're going to be able to be successful in this um, endeavor of getting those um, counts back to the federal government to say, this is how many people really do live, you know, here in Florida. Um, so that way we can um, ultimately, you know, achieve those things because we were estimating that we were going to grow by at least two congressional seats. Um, you know, and of course this was pre COVID-19. So, you know, my hope is it doesn't change that. I hope people still respond to it, but you know, when they asked everyone to mail it back, um, um, by uh, April 5th, or I think it was April 1st, or I forget the date, but it was a couple of weeks ago. But at that point, you know, there's still a huge contingent of our, our population they had not distributed. And traditionally, they would go out to your door and knock on your door and you'd fill out the fake paperwork right in front of them and then they'd take it with you and, you know, collect all the data from the census. Uh, but, you know, now that they're not doing that, my concern is, is are we going to get a hold up on that um, as well? Down the, and that's another unintended consequence that could be political, um, political consequences potentially. Uh, if not completed, but you're right. I, I hope people do vote. I hope people do participate in the process. It's incredibly important. Um, you know, it's a, it's 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 a right as an American that we have that we should we should definitely value um, and participate. You know, uh, there are lots of other places in the world that don't have the same luxuries that we do. So, I yeah. hope folks uh, do do take that strongly and 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 do participate. So, I mean, you've got your your finger on the pulse a little bit more here. So, what? What are things that you're either seeing business owners do during this time that's been positive or things that they can be doing to, you know, put themselves in the best position mentally, financially, employment wise? I mean, anything along those lines. I, I think that's, that's a great question. And every one of them is doing something a little different. So um, I'll just start with like restaurants in particular. So restaurants and our tourism and hospitality here in Central Florida has been devastated. Um, you know, that was a primary function of our, of really of Orange County and it's, it stems over in the Seminole and Osceola counties, but, but really, uh, you know, tourism and agriculture or tourism and, and hospitality has been the focal point of a lot of our tax dollars over the last several years. We, you know, we have the most amount of visitors that come to central Florida, uh, in the entire country. And, you know, those numbers are, are staggering, you know, over 77 million people came uh, last year. So, and when you don't have conventions and when you don't have people coming to the theme parks, I mean, it takes a big hit on everyone um, and all the different businesses that are here. But in particular, the restaurants, what I've seen that them uh, have taken advantage of um, is kind of work with the business community to create different special offers. Um, so, for instance, uh, we've had a couple of members who have started, um, hey, if you donate to us, um, uh, X amount of dollars, we're going to be able to provide a meal for those, our first responders or for our fire and police or, or those uh, healthcare workers who are working on the front lines to, to combat uh, COVID-19. And um, it's a great way for them to not only get some business going back to them because they're able to get some cash flow, but then they're able to go out and give a good service back to the community. And so it's a really unique way. And I've seen several restaurants be able to capitalize on that uh, recently. And uh, we want to continue to encourage <clears throat> that type of giving 
and then of course giving back. So it's a great way to, to help both sides of the picture. Um, the second thing I've seen is then diversifying, diversifying way they offer services to people. So you've seen it from every, pretty much every sector has tried something different, um, a way, a new way to, to uh, just deliver their services that they may provide um, by doing things digitally, doing things you know, differently than they have done before. I mean, there's numerous examples. And then of course, last but not least is the giving back. Um, you know, sometimes it's just some of that goodwill will end up becoming uh, the, the greatest asset for some of these businesses. Um, you know, if they had uh, an overabundance of PPE, for instance, you know, there was a desperate need um, several weeks ago and, and it still continues, but not to the same extent that it was uh, when this whole um, pandemic really started. Um, but several businesses stepped up uh, right away and said, we're going to give away these masks. We're going to give away um, these other equipment and so forth um, to, to those who needed it. And quite honestly, that's their, you know, their company tradition, maybe traditionally patronized them, um, maybe slightly a little bit here and there have now said, well, we're going to go all in. Now we're going to come and support you back um, because you gave to us. And then lastly, I've seen <clears throat> is the innovation uh, piece, which has also probably been the most cool and neatest thing that I've seen so far is so many manufacturers have totally changed the game. You know, a lot of them have been very focused on doing maybe one specific type of niche of manufacturing for one type of product. And now they've opened the door and they've said, hey, listen, we'll go and manufacture, you know, ventilators. We'll go manufacture PPE. We'll go manufacture uh, other healthcare equipment that maybe was never done um, in the United States before. And they've been able to, within 30 days, have switched gears and now they're mass producing these things. Um, to now help, you know, help us out during this crisis and then move forward. So they may not even be going back to the products that they were creating before. They may just say, you know what, we're going to continue doing this forever. So right. it's kind of interesting to see uh, that change that, that has happened there, uh, in particular into the manufacturing space. And so um, just really neat stories. Uh, and, you know, a lot of this stuff goes under the radar because a lot of those companies, you know, they don't really talk much about it or they don't know, it's not really advertised out there. But you know, when I'm talking to these business owners and, and these folks that are, that are going and doing that whole game change, it's, it's really remarkable. And it's, it's pretty cool about seeing America uh, and its ingenu ingenuity, you know, be able to happen in such a, such a, such a flash and a period of time. So, yeah, the one I saw that was really, I don't want to say funny, but was, was uh, humorous. Um, a lot of the like medical shows took all of their extra scrubs and gloves and everything that they were going to use for, you know, the fake, the fake doctors on the TV shows and donate them, you know, especially in Georgia and California where you've got a lot of those being shot. And I just thought that was, oh, that's so great. I didn't see that. That's great. Yeah. That's yeah. great. That's awesome. Yeah. There's just great, great giving back. That's the one thing I'll say is that, that you just, you've seen so much coming together uh, for the common good right now. And so, you know, my hope is that we can continue doing that, um, continuing to support each other, continuing to support our local small businesses. I mean, those are the ones that are, they're really on the front lines right now that, are really struggling, you know, through this. Um, and, and my hope is they're able to access those, those loans to the PPP um, loans and or the EIDL loans. Like I said, we've got those replenished uh, because I know the first round went so quickly and I know there's been a lot of negative publicity around certain companies, you know, achieving some of those funds um, that maybe not should have not received those funds. Um, and, and I know now the federal government is saying, now you got to give that back. And if you don't, you know, we're coming after you. And so, um, and those are some rightful situations. You know, they took advantage of a, of a situation that was um, they probably shouldn't have done. And uh, and so I'm glad that they're taking the steps to to, to give that back um, to the real business owners that need it. And you know, I know the, the this definition of a small business is 500 or less, according to the U.S. government. 
But the reality is we're talking about businesses that are about 25 or less, um, you know, is really your right. small business, uh, especially here in Florida. And, uh, you know, that's from everything from your doctor's offices to your you know, law offices to your other professional services, financial services, um, you know, consulting to, you know, and then even certain other businesses, other other um, other uh, services that we provide in our communities. So um, anyways, I- I'm hopeful that that, you know, again, we're going to we're going to see our con- our economy survive. It's going to take some time. Um, you know, the latest projections that we're seeing um, is that, you know, we are going to be, we're in a recession now and we could be in this recession for the next seven uh, to 12 months. Um, or we could see this thing pull out for the next two years. Um, and it may not be till 2023 or excuse me, 20, yeah, 2020, uh, yeah, potentially 2022, 2023 before we really fully recover. It just really depends um, on, can we get our workforce back to, to work? Um, or do we continue with the unemployment as skyrocketed as it, as it has been? Um, the unemployment right now is, is through the roof. This is nowhere near what it was in 2007 and eight. And, and we all remember that. And we all remember how tough that situation was. Um, but this is even more, uh, even worse. And, and just in a, such a flash of a time period. Um, whereas 2007 and eight, it kind of dragged out for, for several months before you felt, kind of felt the full effects. So, um, so that's what we're we're all looking to hopefully um, see happen here. But um, but we hope everyone can stay strong, you know, during this this challenging time. And and uh, and I think we can get through this with innovation and and obviously partnerships. So speaking along those lines, what do you and the Apopka Area Chamber of Commerce have coming down the pipe in the next couple of weeks for people that we can that are just open to everybody? I know obviously a lot of the stuff is just for members, but. Yeah, well, the first thing that that, that came about uh, today that started uh, just before we got on here uh, is uh, let's restart Apopka Task Force. Um, so our mayor from the city of Apopka, uh, Brian Nelson, um, uh, tasked uh, many of our members of the chamber, including myself and, and the Apopka Area Chamber, to be a partner in this, um, to, to work with our business and community leaders from all different segments of our community. Um, from faith-based or faith-based organizations uh, to nonprofits to the private sector to the governmental partners and public safety, all coming together, and about what is that plan going to look like um, for that day and that future when we when we do reopen, um, and um, and you know, and so how are we going to do that safely um, with the community? Because that is obviously paramount. We have to make sure that it is done safely um, if we're going to to reopen the economy. And so, um, so that's really what we're going to be focused on for the next uh, coming weeks. We're going to be really focused on making sure that that uh, plan uh, is put in place um, and, and ultimately it is, um, you know, brought before the city council. Um, we're going to be working with our county partners. We're going to be working with our state partners. We're going to be making sure that this information and everything that we kind of come up with um, is not necessarily specific to Apopka. It can be utilized in other communities too. Um, you know, we all can share ideas. We're all working together. That's the, that's the reality of this situation. It's not one community over another. We're all trying to do what's best, but we're all need to work together in tandem for the common goal, which is, you know, to get rid of this, this virus, but at the same time also, um, you know, sustain our economies. Uh, and so um, that's what really what we're going to be strongly focused on that component. And then second thing is business assistance. We're going to continue with um, helping our members uh, and uh, honestly non-members in the community get information and access to, to the needs that they may have. Um, You know, right now it's financial assistance, but you know, the next round could be um, assistance on, 
you know, um, creating safety protocols and maybe safety training. You know, there could be additional OSHA training that folks might need to be doing. You know, there's a lot of different things that maybe businesses haven't done in the past that might need to do that now because of the way that their uh, business has now changed uh, due to COVID-19. So we're going to kind of be adapting to some of that too. We're kind of getting some of that feedback now of saying, you know, we're, we're hearing from business leaders or businesses saying, you know, can you help us with this or that? <clears throat> which is a, a non-traditional need, uh, but it's, it's catered to the specific time. So we're going to keep doing and working on. So in terms of the reopening of Popka task force, I mean, is that a plan to reopen in a few weeks, a few months, or still don't know what the timeline yeah, looks like? Yeah. So right now, uh, obviously we all heard about president Trump's um, reopening of America uh, plan uh, just over a week ago. And really what he has given is the, the power to the individual governors to make that decision as to when that they would reopen. From within that, then the governor can make a decision, do they want to open it statewide and have a statewide policy? Or do they want, to, want the individual counties <clears throat> or local municipalities to make the decisions as to how they reopen? So we're not gonna be doing anything until that happens. Um, okay. And so at that point, then we will then get the directive. So again, the state could just create a blanket statement across the state and say, Everyone needs to comply by this. If you want stricter rules individually, you can certainly do so. Um, but these are the standards we're applying to the state. Or the state can say, we're open completely and you make whatever rules you want at all. I mean, we don't, we don't know. And that's so I know that the state is taking on its task force is taking input from uh, a variety of segments across all of our communities um, and all across the state. So um, and, I, and I suspect that the governor will be making some decisions in the coming days. On, on what his uh, what his next step will be, because again, the state's going to be uh, it's understay is going to be uh, expired by next Thursday, you know, at right. night, so uh, or eleven fifty nine, and so you know, next Friday is May first, and so what is that next step? When and again, every we live by day to day information right now, but trends are showing um, that that we've kind of hit this fat we fatten the curve for sure in Florida, uh, and especially here in Central Florida, and so. Um, if that data, and we have to drive it based on data, so it has to be data driven, and you know, so we have to look at the data, and the data continues to show um, positive results. Um, we're not inundating our hospitals, we're not inundating our healthcare systems. They're able to handle the capacities. So, um, you know, if we can, long we can keep keep doing that, um, and folks can continue doing social distancing and keep practicing that, um, then I think that there there is an opportunity for. Um, for some success. Um, and, but I don't know the date right now. So like I said, this, we'll kind of see how this thing plays out. That's, over the next that's how I days. feel. That's how I feel every day has been. It's been like, Oh, everything <laughs> that we learned last week has changed. Now they've done 14 yep. new things. This is happening. Yep. All right, man. Yep. Well, before I let you go, um, we've got the website again, but can you give us any other contact information one more time? Yeah. So just, if you go to a popcatchamber.org, um, so if you go to popcatchamber.org, you can find out all of our information on our website. We have a whole COVID-19 uh, updates and resource center. Um, we have links to job postings. Um, we have links to obviously all of the financial resources that you may need, access to information about healthcare needs, um, you know, hot spots, testing spots. I mean, all sorts of different things that you can imagine um, are located there. Plus, we are plugging our local um, restaurants with Takeout Apopka. So uh, if you do the hashtag Takeout Apopka, um, we're running all sorts of different deals every week. We had different businesses stepping up and providing us with gifts and prizes and so forth. So for the community that does the best photo with, with one of our local restaurants uh, and, and shares it in using that hashtag, um, we're giving out weekly winners and so forth. So lots of great opportunities for folks to get plugged in and engage with us. And, uh, and I appreciate you taking the time to, 
to talk with us and connect better with our community. Yeah, of course, man. We're, uh, you know, I feel the same way that you feel like we're in this together, but virtually together. So we're trying to help, you know, spotlight businesses, referral partners, friends, you know, other people that are doing some cool things in the community just to help kind of get the message out, give everybody a little, uh, a little something to watch with a little bit of a positive spin. So before I let you go, let me get one more nugget of wisdom out of your brain here. What is putting aside everything else we've talked about? What is that one piece of advice, guidance, suggestion, whatever it is that you want to tell as many business owners as possible? So the one thing I, I, and I've stressed this from the very beginning, we are stronger when we work together. So I've been making that very clear that we, we need to work together. We need to collaborate. We need to share information uh, because this is valuable time that we, we do this together. Um, I know we've been sort of in a, in a, uh, in our society where a lot of uh, information is kept to ourselves or, you know, we found a, a good path to do something right. Um, traditionally, you know, it would be that you want to take that and, and capitalize on it. But right now it is so important that we continue to share this information and work collaboratively because when we do that, we then can be, be more successful as a broader community. And I've, like I said before, I've seen so many businesses do that, um, today. And I want to continue with that mantra is to say, let's work together. Let's keep working together, uh, for the common good here. Wonderful, man. So, so happy to have you, uh, for everybody. Once again, Robert Grusa, Popka Area Chamber of Commerce. Uh, while you're here, before you all, before I let everybody go, uh, if you want to come back today at three o'clock, Mark and I will be doing Good News Florida. We'll end with uh, five or six positive stories from the week about great things going on. Then next week, Monday at 3 p.m., we're going to talk about workouts and uh, staying healthy in, from your house. Tuesday at 1 p.m., we've got Stacey Brown Randall on. She's going to talk about building uh, referrals and how to do that through a process like this. Wednesday at 1 p.m., we're going to talk about insurance issues and needs as it relates to coronavirus, business interruption insurance, those sort of things. Thursday at 1 p.m., so I got a lot, of, a lot of 1 p.m.s next week. Thursday at 1 p.m., we're going to talk about scams that have been going on and consumer protection issues as it relates to coronavirus and people calling that they're from the CDC, you have to pay them money, personal testing kits, those sort of things that uh, Jared Lee and his firm have been seeing. And then Friday, so not today, but next Friday at 1 p.m., we're going to do our Good News Florida show earlier because we're going to do a walkthrough on how we do these Facebook live shows for all of the feedback that we've gotten um, when it comes to all the things that we've been doing. The most consistent feedback has been how have you guys put this together. So Mark's going to show you all. I have almost nothing to do with it. I just show up and ask questions. Um, you don't need to register. You don't need to sign up. You don't need to pay us anything. These are totally free. Just come back to the Jordan Law Facebook page at those times and we'll be running. Otherwise, they'll be online and available. If you do want to make sure you stay in touch with us, you can subscribe to our YouTube channel. The link's at the top. Uh, pretty much all these videos will go to uh, YouTube afterwards. But if you're here and watching live, we're going to answer your questions. So a little bit of benefit. All that being said, thank you again so much, Rob. Always wonderful to chat with you. I appreciate it. Thank you very much for the time. Have a great day, my friend. And, and stay safe. Thank you, sir.